0: So, this podcast is often recorded with animals in the studio, whether we like it or not. At the moment, we have a one-eyed gray cat, and I expect the dogs to bark at some point because that's what they do. The other thing is that this podcast, while not... That's the cat digging up something on my desk, because he's like that. See? Told you. The other thing is this podcast is by adults? And so we use strong language. We generally often
1: directed at the cat.
0: Often, uh, we will not necessarily be talking about anything explicit, but this should be probably considered PG thirteen. Just swear in case. A lot. Oh, do we swear a lot? That much being said, welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode thirteen. I have a great interview this week. Awesome. I have a fantastic interview this week that I took with one of my coworkers while I was in DC. Last week to meet some federal auditors, not tax related. I am not being audited. We're doing a big uh, security thing for work, and as part of those certifications, we sit in front of you know a couple uh, roomfuls of feds and do what needs to be done, explain what needs to be explained, and it's actually not that bad when you get to this point we've been prepping for it for two years we've been setting things up for two years it's just stressful getting there and then now the next phase of stress begins it's a really long process this is anything with the government in the meantime we should check in with our wombat test subject uh hi
1: so i had an assignment you did to start bullet journaling
0: yeah How'd that go?
1: Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I didn't even try. <laughs> you didn't even try. Why not? I couldn't figure out how to get started. Okay. I I like I look at the things about rapid logging and stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I I had literally nothing to do. Like I I I had nothing okay. to write down. I was like. Okay, I guess I could say, go write a thousand words, but I'm going to do that anyway, so this seems like a waste of time. Right. I know perfectly well that I have to get ten hamsters done. I
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: I, I The only thing I could think of, like, two days after I stopped <laughs> trying was, okay, I have to go take a gun safety class so I can get a hunting permit. And I have to buy a deer stand. So that's... Yes. Like, uh, those were the only two things I could even think of to put on my bullet journal.
0: Well, there are a couple things you could do. The first is you could create a page for an unbroken chain. Aha, you're giving me the look.
1: That sounds like an emo band.
0: It does sound like an emo band. It goes back to Seinfeld. Of all people, Jerry Seinfeld has this method where he needs to write something every day. Joke, comedy, whatever. And so he looks at it as a chain of building towards done. And every day, if he does his, if he writes his bit, he fills in a little box. After a while, he has 30 boxes or 60 boxes. And the idea is, it's gamifying a little is to not break the chain, to keep that going. And then when you hit a gap or something, oh, you've broken the chain, and now you're starting back over at one. Our friend Mert Lafferty mm-hmm. uses this for her writing.
1: Yes, she, there's a, a program, the name of which is now escaping me, that I know uh, logs uh, if you've written X number of words a day or whatever. Or, or whatever. And... And it's set really low. I think she only has to write, like, 100 words, but she has to do it every day. And she, like, she had it going for, like, 18 months or something on a streak. Yeah,
0: she and she had, I remember one night, uh, we were at her place for game night. And she was like, okay, now I have to go write words. Or maybe it was at a con or something. It was, like, 11 o'clock at night. But she was adamant about getting up there at before midnight and getting it in and logged in and getting her word count in. Yep. That is something you can do with bullet journals. There are...
1: that uh, I, I tell you, right, I, I don't wish to be defeatist about this. Right. I do not write every day. No, you don't. Uh, I write quite a lot. Yes. I, in, in, Monday of this week, I hammered out 2,600 words, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I did 500. And then today I'll probably do like 500. And then, you know, while you're gone next week... I'll write 3,000 words a day and my eyes will twirl in opposite directions.
0: <laughs> and then...
1: And then I'll go a week and not write anything.
0: You'll not write anything because you've burned yourself out completely.
1: Yeah, and the thing is the books get written. This is my, my ultimate productivity method is does it end with a book at the end? Alright, then it works.
0: Does... It doesn't have to be just word count. When we talk about...
1: <laughs> word count is my measure of work
0: so's number of hamsters yeah that's true your your measure of worth isn't so much word count as
1: productivity
0: productivity and that book at the end yes all of it is building towards the book at the end but you could yeah. okay yeah. you could just have a chain worked on book today doesn't matter which book you just worked on one of the books today
1: i, I could but that's not a bullet journaling thing you told me to bullet journal
0: uh-huh it could be a bullet journaling thing. Let me show you. Oh, Lord. Uh, is it this one? Let me see. Because I, I picked up. Now, here's a. I, I found an easy template online. Uh, it was on Etsy, and no, it wasn't this one. But. Oh, yeah, here it is. It, it sort of has it at the bottom of the page where it says track.
1: Okay, yes. That is a grid with little numbers one, two, three, four, through 31.
0: Yes. And you could be tracking in something like that. You could draw a grid like that. I saw one. Where did it go? Let me pull that. That was on screen one. Uh, I'm saying um a lot today, and I should not be saying um so much. Well, you're you're, you're trying
1: to look up a thing, and it's hard to type (laughs) and talk at the same time. So I do feel guilty for the fact I did not try to bullet journal, but I couldn't figure out how to get started. I just... And it was like you could migrate this task to later, and I'm like, I okay. Do I care? Uh, yeah, of course mm-hmm. I'll migrate that task to later because I'm not buying a deer stand this week. So why did I even bother to write it down this week if I knew it was just going to go to a different thing? Yeah,
0: that's fair. Here's here's one design. Uh, this is on uh, it's on Imager. Imager and Etsy are great places to find, and Pinterest are great places to find ideas around bullet journals. If you'll notice, this is this person is using fitness goals.
1: Okay, it looks like a little flowchart. There's a box and an arrow and a box and And an arrow. arrow And And it goes back and forth like a little snake and some of the boxes are filled in.
0: Right. Then there's another one that's, here's our goal to go to the gym 30 times in a month. And there's the finish. Here's the run 100 miles. And I don't know how that is, but it's broken up. I think the colors are broken up. To mean one thing versus another, we can click through to the actual page if we want to to find it. I'm actually going to so that I can share this page. The
1: the thing is that I feel like I don't need to know the days I don't do anything. If that makes any sense. Like, I am... I don't care if the chain breaks. The, okay. The... My, my motivation is not... I must work every single day. It's, I must get shit done. And the two for me are not synonymous.
0: That makes a big difference.
1: Yeah, like, all that seeing I didn't work Thursday does is make me go, well, I was a shitty person on Thursday. And that doesn't incline me to do any better. Mm-hmm. That just makes me want to eat chocolate and curl in fetal position.
0: Mm does looking at it and going i just worked on things for 31 days straight that does that not give you a sense of reward at the end
1: uh i would rather see like on my wonder list that i have written 10,000 words okay cuz 10,000 words is something i worked on a thing is
0: not as concrete.
1: Yeah, and I can work on things... I mean, the, there's a lot of working on things in, in creative fields that don't result in a, a tangible finished product, you know, yes. that are still very valid. I've been trying to teach myself to draw in Photoshop because Painter is just fucking with me every time <laughs> they update, and I'm getting angry and, and angry with it, so I am teach myself to at least draw in it rather than Painter, and... Also because it'll make the hamster thing faster. And that is the hour, two hours, possibly three hours I spent sitting there trying to Mm -hmm. find the correct brush to do the thing (laughs) I wanted was valid time that needed to be spent. Absolutely. But uh, it doesn't... uh, Was it productive work? I mean, it was productive in a sense, but it's not like...
0: There is room when we talk about productivity for something that seems frivolous now that is valuable later.
1: And and, and and fonts are the other thing. Like, I had to do two covers. Oh, fonts. Or I really only had to do one cover, but since I knew the other one was a direct sequel, I was like, I've got the files open. As long I'm as I'm here. here I'm yeah, absolutely. Right uh, I spent eh, two hours trying to find the correct font, and I have come to a place in my life where I can afford to buy a goddamn font. Right. And right. license, rather than relying on free ones, which is a nice place to be. But then you still have to find what you're spending your money on. Um, so, uh, Black Velvet 2, incidentally, is what I spend my money on.
0: Black Velvet 2.
1: That's that's the name of that. So, yeah. uh, and...
0: <laughs> Sorry, did it have a slow southern smile?
1: Uh, was it a new
0: religion that'll bring you to your knees?
1: It was Seraph. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. All right. all right, you
0: got me on that one. You got me on that one,
1: yeah. Uh, so, this again, scouring fonts is a extremely valid and thing that needs to be done. Font book, incidentally, very helpful program. Um, and yes. someday, if you get a designer on the show, ask them how they keep their fonts straight. And if they burst into tears, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to put them in that position.
0: No, it's it's fine. <laughs> Font management is... It's a thing. Yes, it really I is. don't know
1: how to do it. I don't know how people organize their brushes in Photoshop. Jesus. There's apparently a tool you can get called Brush Manager that's a plug-in that people use, and I'm starting to think about it. And I only have, like, four brushes that I use. Anyway, at least at the moment, because I don't paint in Photoshop. Anyway,
0: right. neither here nor there.
1: Neither here nor there. Um. Uh, <sighs> Like and the thing is, I'm not to say I'm not saying that the the unbroken chain might not be very useful. Obviously, it works fantastic for myrrh. If you have to feel that you have worked on something every day, then awesome. If you're hardwired like that, more power to you. Spark those wires. I just <laughs> have to feel like I am getting shit done. And if I write mm-hmm. ten thousand words in a day, I don't need to work again for three days right. while my brain feels like a sponge full of blood. Because uh, what am I, Superman? I wrote ten thousand words. Fuck off. So that's yeah. That's yeah,
0: yeah. If uh, if if you were working towards a fitness goal, mm. it would be different. Fitness
1: would be something else. Yes, mm-hmm. word count and fitness not quite the same. Not
0: the same. No.
1: Um and I yeah. Anyway, I I I felt bad that I wasn't doing the bullet journaling. I opened a journal like twice and stared at it and then I was like, I would write a thing and I know I wouldn't get it done and apparently I'm not supposed to care. I'm supposed to put a different arrow on it, but...
0: You put the arrow to move it forward to later.
1: But why don't I just write it later if I know I'm not going to do it?
0: Well, you put the arrow and then you go to a later page and you write it down there but it's got the arrow so that it reminds you you moved it
1: i i was using one of my sketchbooks so Mm -hmm. like if i went to a late i had no idea where a later page would be that's because i don't have the ring binders for that i have the the spiral things Mm -hmm. you tear pages out but like i'm like okay where is the page i move it to this, this seems like a lot of busy work of writing things down just to remember that I need to go buy a deer stand, which is basically one of these weekends I got to go out to Bass Pro. We do, yes. Yeah.
0: Once I get back from Seattle. By the way, yeah. folks, I'm in Seattle next week. I'm going to get some great interviews with some of my coworkers. Really looking forward to it. I'm also going to be spending a lot of time with my coworkers, so I don't know if I'll have any social time, but we'll see. I did do something with the printables that may or may not help.
1: Okay, well, th- and, and, and again, I, I'm not saying that... that uh, well, I felt bad because it was like, the only thing worse than than being in a cult is not having a cult want you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's kind of... Like I...
1: Like, like, I am the loser who can't even get into the cult. They're like, oh, it's her, God.
0: So I, I took the time... Because we have all this stuff, and I know you still have your your, uh, your disc-bound planner. Yes. And I printed out some graph paper, which is one of the two things they recommend for bullet journaling. The other is dot grid, and I did print out some dot grid pages. The difficulty with the dot grid pages is that the dots are so small that when the ink comes on, you can barely see them.
1: Okay, yes, these are very small dots, but you want me to put this in my, my disc-bound planner are... and write... This would use be, it as bullet Use journaling. it as
0: bullet journaling, yes.
1: Okay, I guess this, I can do that.
0: This helps a little bit because now you can start looking at the...
1: Give me a pen.
0: A pen. What kind of pen would you like?
1: Oh, God, don't make this <laughs> difficult. Just give me a pen that writes things.
0: Here's a pen that writes things. Today, Ursula is using one of my Pilot Frisian pens. Pens, one of my favorites... Although, as of late, with my own note-taking and writing and keeping up of things with my planner, I have been using... This is a Schneider, it is a German fountain pen that Reagan Earl gave to me at Bubonicon as part of the iPen box from that month. And I love this pen, it's got a great nib, it's got a great feel. I'll put on a link.
1: There. I wrote buy a tree stand and take a gun safety class, and then I put a dash and said get a hunting license. Was I supposed to put a dash?
0: Is that a subtask? I believe that's a subtask. Well, so, yeah, I that's okay. Do,
1: well, actually, it would be the other way around, I guess, but I have to take the gun safety class to get the hunting get license. Get the hunting license, yes.
0: yes. It's fine. That's okay. absolutely fine. What All I... right,
1: I'm going to do none of these things this week.
0: Probably not.
1: No, I'm telling you right now, not going to happen.
0: You could. Adjust it and say, schedule the gun safety class.
1: Yeah, I could ah, do that. And I that guess.
0: way, you can then put on your calendar what day it is, and when it you get closer...
1: So how do I change it from, from take to schedule? Or do you I just write...
0: Cross it out search and...
1: Search gun safety class? There you go.
0: I've been finding my needs are a little more rigid
1: which is totally makes sense because yeah. you're 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 a much more you're in a much more rigid job
0: I finally found the tool that will print the planner page I want for a daily basis it is from DIY planner and they have a windows program they also have a mac program in the source code it's a little old but it still works that they have a program that will print planner pages based off of templates and predated. So I went in and I said, I want daily planner pages with a schedule and two dues. It has an expenses field, but I'll use that for generic notes. That's what I've been using, because this is the sort of thing I need to be able to look at quickly without having to bring up my damn Outlook calendar everything, every time. First thing in the morning when I sign on, I sit down, I write down my tasks, or I write down my appointments, and I'll add tasks as needed. And I went ahead and printed out two weeks' worth. Just, so I will that... say,
1: mm-hmm. I have been religious about Wonderlist and my word count. You have! And it's actually awesome because I used to have the problem where I would write down my word count for the day, mm-hmm. and then I would get an idea, and I would write another 400 words, and then I would have to go erase things. and Because go... right. frequently I write, like, you know, I'll get, sometimes I write at the coffee shop. I try to write at the coffee shop.
0: Where'd my mouse go? More recently, oh there
1: I wind up um, going to uh, doing up, your
0: email tra- triage there.
1: Yes, doing my email triage there and uh, and talking to other humans so I don't get weird. Er, and then I, <laughs> I like that you qualified the er. And then I do a lot of writing here because I write faster and angrier in bed, uh, propped up in pillows, which yes. is. I have a very nice studio. I still write in bed. You wrapped do. Up in pillows. And You
0: spend a lot of time in your studio doing art.
1: Yes, that's where I draw all the hamsters. Uh, and
0: you do all the physical stuff. You do yeah. your, your pendants and all the printing when you're doing printing. All that stuff still happens in the studio.
1: Yep. The, uh, uh, but the Wunderlist thing means that I can write, you know, wrote 500, and also it has the nice, I wrote 550 words on the horror novel. Okay. Write yep. 550, Horror. Check it off, and then I write. Maybe if I write another thousand words on the paladin thing, I can just write thousand words paladin, and then and add that too, and it's awesome, and I don't have to worry about uh, you know going back and erasing or doing a little slash and trying to write what each thing you was on. Don't have paladin. to.
0: You, you don't have to make it that complicated. You could just put a bullet that said wrote a thousand words on paladin, and then when you're doing it later, bullet. Wrote 500 words on horror novel Bullet wrote 300 words hamsters You you don't have to overcomplicate it and Say oh no I just wrote another 400 words I need to erase that and put it in
1: Which is what list has been useful for yes. Because now I'm just writing that and, you know, I, I have the whole thing I can look at. Although I'm thinking I have to do, I'm going to have to do, like, month-by-month month word count things because... Quite possibly. Otherwise, uh, I'm just going to have this endless <laughs> scroll of to-dos, you know, of word counts that just say 550, 200, 1,000, 2,600, or whatever. Right. Which is great, because I look at it and then I do math in my head badly, and I'm like, holy crap, look at all this stuff I got done this month. I am awesome. Mm-hmm. And... uh I yeah. So it's been great for that. I've been feeling super productive, but um I have not bullet
0: journaled. You have not bullet journaled. That's okay.
1: Confession I forgive you. Alright.
0: Alright. Listeners, I'm, forgive me. I'm going to show you one thing, which is how I've been doing it, which is a little more digital and a little more what's the right term? Uh geeky. I have used an editor called Emacs. I'm a Unix geek by profession and habit and whatever. I have a program called Emacs. It is the Swiss Army knife of text editors. Some people have said it was a OS funded as a text editor while Unix was the operating system funded as a... Wait, I got it backwards. Anyway, basically... It's
1: okay, I didn't understand it forwards or backwards. That's fine, yeah.
0: It's... Really a really powerful tool if once you learn it it takes a learning curve One of the things it has is it has uh, an organizational mode called org mode That you load up and it just it just outlines things bullet outlines really quick It's like a digital almost a digital version of a bullet note of a bullet journal So I can I have hotkeys set up so that I can add a new journal entry very quickly adds the date time of when I'm adding the entry let me just delete that one because I don't want to add that one.
1: Well, I'm looking at a thing over here and it says you have things like uh, to-do, take morning mm-hmm. pills, give Ernie half Apoquil. Yes. Uh, on point. Um... I have
0: a couple documents that outline my regular repeating tasks. It also has hooks into Habitica. So I will regenerate the, the daily schedule here. I can come over here look to do take evening pills and I can mark it done what you're seeing there's a little status line down here that you're not really seeing and then when I go to Habitica and we're going to talk about Habitica a whole lot more coming up in October because I cannot wait habitica.com it will mark those off for me it's all integrated the only thing that doesn't integrate really well is if I add something to Habitica but I don't add it to Org, it doesn't go that way. But if I add it to to Org, it'll as a to-do, it gets put in here. You can see here's a task that didn't get done, but here's all the things that are that were due today and all my experiences going up and things like that. If I say, we'll go back to that screen. I'm going to do this one right now, uh, and then, as soon as we're done talking, I'll go give him his actual pill as a demonstration. I will mark give Ernie his pill done. okay, and then I go to one geeky,
1: geeky may not even be the term.
0: It is hardcore Linux Unix geek thing, I will admit
1: yeah this is this is a this looks like you have written code.
0: It's sort of exactly what this is there's I there's an outline it expands it contracts so that that was the fun bit i you I can add checklists to it. It's very much Org mode is very much like a digital version of a bullet journal. It's very geeky. it's got a little bit of a steep learning curve at first, but once you get into it, you. Really can flow with it One of the things I'll note is I keep coming back to it I'll go off, I'll do things uh, In different systems Different digital things I always keep coming back to org mode So it's like, this is the one That is the closest to bullet journaling Digitally But it's not going to be For the pointy clicky crowd, if you'll pardon that expression. Uh,
1: As a member of the pointy clicky crowd, uh, that's fine. I can look at it right now and tell you it's a dense wall of color-coded text, Right, and you get paid to understand that sort of thing. That is true. Yes, That
0: is very true.
1: I hope that you're going to take screenshots or whatever and post them for people to
0: look at. I am so totally going to link people to the main page for it and find some screenshots. I can I will not have time between now and when I release the episode tomorrow to take screenshots. Plus, there's all that sort of, you know, personal and work-related with specifics in it in there, and I can't necessarily right. show but that. At but at some point, yes. Yes. It's very cool.
1: All right. All right. And I guess for the next week, I'll try to actually do the bullet journal with the pages you printed for me. Give
0: it a try. At the rate it's going, I'm just going to break down and say, fine, we need to write a bullet journal app that acts like a bullet journal for the pointy clicky crowd who don't want to deal with paper. I'd Which... like it
1: better if it had stickers.
0: You can put stickers on it. Put all the stickers on it you want. All right. I it. That's fine. So we're going to take a quick break, give you the interview with Bill, and we'll be back after that. Hey folks, we are here in Washington, D.C., with one of my coworkers, Bill, who has graciously agreed to do an interview for Productivity Alchemy this week. Uh, Bill, can you introduce yourself for the people who don't know who you are? I obviously know who you are, yes. but they, they don't,
2: yeah. So I'm Bill Muller, I'm one of Kevin's coworkers. Uh, I'm an infrastructure engineer at Aptio along with Kevin. Uh, and focus a lot on uh, supporting the production infrastructure as well as the infrastructure uh, that runs the applications for our uh, government customers.
0: Yes, our software software as a a service solution, right? Yes. The big question and why I have people on the show, how do you keep yourself organized? And I know you've told me some of it, so I'm really excited to share it with all the
2: listeners. Okay, so um, a long, long time ago, uh, when I went to work at a company, which I shall not name, um, I was actually very, very disorganized and had no understanding of time management. I was missing deadlines, uh, a lot of issues like that. And um, apparently I wasn't the only one at the company because they actually brought somebody in to give us, uh, a lot of us, uh, time management training based on the Franklin Covey method. So... um, I kind of adapted that method and used the bits of it that work best for me uh, and don't use the bits of it that, you know, don't really apply to me. Um, at that time, the it was based on the whole Franklin Covey daily planner. Oh, the big planners, yeah. The big planner, you know, and you have, like, all these different categories. You know, You categorize your role as uh, an individual contributor in a company, your, your role as a husband, your role as a father, if you have children and, you know, and, and, and then, you know, you have your daily planner and you write down things, not just appointments and people with whom you're meeting, but also, uh, tasks that you need to do. And there was like this whole task list thing. Um, and you know if you didn't get things done you erased it from one day's task list and then wrote it <laughs> in the next day's task list and i tried using that method at that time and i found myself spending all of my time managing my time and none of my time actually being productive
0: and i think that's a a common i had a common experience i worked for a large software concern in raleigh okay it was red hat and one of our HR people was all about Franklin Covey. She was an official trainer. She would do uh, the stuff in terms of, here's an HR training. So the company paid for it. I didn't have to pay for my initial planner. I didn't have to pay for any of that stuff. It was all provided by the company.
2: Oh, they gave me the stuff, too, at that company. Where yeah. I that was AOL, by the way. Yeah. Another big company Another at the time.
0: big company. Well, yeah, at the time. Uh, I think Red Hat's grown in AOL, not so much. <laughs> but... <laughs> yes. I found the same thing, which I'm wondering, uh, there are people who live and die by it, and I can see that as people who have a lot of appointments or executives, because that's a lot of what it's geared towards. I just wanted to say, in a long way, I had the same experience with the system.
2: So you evolved it. Yeah. I don't know if I evolved it or devolved it. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of hard to say. I, I, I prefer to think that I adapted it. Uh, I took the parts of it uh, that work for me and put them to use, but kind of in a different way. Uh, for example, I don't use the whole trying to put myself into different boxes at different times in a role as a worker at a company or a role you know, as a husband or anything like that. Um, that I just discarded all of that altogether because I think, uh, especially nowadays, all of that's kind of integrated and you're kind of in all of those roles all of the time, especially being in uh, a technical position where you have to support systems 24-7 Mm-hmm. and you could be called any time day or night you know you, and you know i mean it would be kind of a disaster if i got paged in the middle of the night and i'm like oh i'm sorry honey i have to switch roles from being a husband to being a systems engineer no let me update my franklin planner here and
0: that i'm and doing this thing now and, i'm and... doing
2: this thing and i check this little box so um, that whole bit gone mm-hmm. not useful for me um, it's i'm sure it's useful for a lot of other people oh, I'm but sure. not me Uh, So I'm not talking bad. Uh, I do think there are a lot of good ideas uh, that are useful for me in that, um, such as the calendaring portion of it. Um, Another thing I found over time was that task lists do not work for me. Okay. Uh, Whether they're on paper, Mm -hmm. whether they are a task list portion of a calendar software program or whatever. I found myself just effectively ignoring ignoring them altogether. So um, what I did was I kind of moved the whole task thing into the calendaring function. Okay. So, uh, you know, in the Franklin Covey training, the calendaring is basically for your meetings. And that kind of seems to be effectively what that's for. They, they At the time I was learning, it may have changed now, But at the time that I learned this, you know, it was basically for the meetings and then you had your task list and you just prioritize your task list and you go from top to bottom and all of that good stuff. And again, I'm sure that works for a lot of people. I know a lot of people that do things that way and they're very effective, but not me. Um, (laughs) Task lists get ignored. So now what I found is, and again, this is kind of specific to being in an on-call type of position uh, where there are a lot of unplanned things that have to be done. Um,
0: Hang on for a second. Everybody is going to complain about the buzz. I'm going to go fix it because I know what it is. Um, so I'm going to cut things right now while I take off the microphone. I'm sure I've already made noise with my thumb. Turn off the lights. that's making the buzz. I'll be right back. This is not to get, like, you know, intimate yeah. or anything. It's the, this <laughs> buzz is driving me crazy. Yeah, well, the microphone is yeah. picking it up. There we go. Yeah. Well, and now it's dark here. I'm probably not going to cut this, but as long as, long as, as long as there's no music
2: going, wow, we're good. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So. None of that. None of that. So, <laughs> apologies, apologies to the people if I just made a whole bunch of noise messing with the microphone. But I've turned off the light now. I'll probably yeah, cut that.
2: Off. I didn't even notice the buzzing. I have a tendency to when I'm focused on something, just kind of tune everything. That's out.
0: that's fine. I.
2: It's a typical male trait. Um,
0: not just that. I have <laughs> a. a sensitive thing about buzzes and hums because of all the time I spent sound engineering in past jobs.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so back to the whole task list versus calendar thing. Um, What I found works for me is basically taking tasks that I have to do and putting them onto my calendar. So like in the Franklin Covey method, it's, you know, if you don't do this task this day, move it to the next day's task list. Um, my adaptation of that is, uh, and all this is done in calendaring software, not in a physical calendar where I write with a pencil right, and I have to use right. an eraser. Uh, if I don't get this task done this day, mm-hmm. I drag it to the next day to an open slot in the next day,
0: which is essentially the same as erasing it and rewriting it. Exactly. Just
2: faster. Oh, way faster. <laughs> it takes, you know, a 10th of a second as opposed to, uh, 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that, again, kind of contributes to uh, better productivity because you're spending less time managing your time. Right. Um, so, so basically, meetings and appointments and schedules and things um, and tasks all go onto my calendar, and I keep my calendar up to date. Um, the one thing is that if I have to, uh, if there's a small task that needs to be done right away, if I don't do it right away or put it on my calendar, it might slip through the cracks. Get lost, right. Um, so um, I have to be very diligent about either uh, doing things right away, especially in times when I'm on call and I have to fix something right away. Or if there's something that needs to be deferred and I need to talk with somebody later to follow up on something, I need to put that into my calendar right away. And another good thing about the you know, computer-based or electronic calendars is the fact that they actually beep you to re- beep, to remind you of <laughs> they things. They do. So, um...
0: Unlike your paper calendar, which you had to have a secretary to go, Mr. Mister, Mister Moeller, you have an yeah, appointment in 15 minutes?
2: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh being a geek, can't really afford to have a secretary, you know, who would come into my bedroom at 3 o'clock in the morning and open up my calendar and go, beep, 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 and then close the calendar and walk out. <laughs> so, uh, and I don't think my wife would like that either. Uh, <laughs> no, no. And she certainly would not want to be the person peeping at me at 3 a.m. So, um... So that's pretty much how I manage my time, um, it, from a calendaring and uh, adaptation of the Franklin Covey perspective, and again, there's you know, the on-call stuff that uh, is a requirement of being a geek and in a lot of other professions where things need immediate attention. Um,
0: yes, the most disruptive thing that can happen, an interruption in the middle of something you're working on.
2: Yeah, and, and in which case, if it distracts me too much from something I'm in the middle of working on... I do have to remember to take you know a half a second to move that task to another day or another time in the calendar when I can um, right actually get to it so. The
0: studies have shown that for every interruption in the middle of a task, it takes you fifteen minutes to put your mind back on the task mm-hmm. so that uh, interruptions are a killer, and I call it yeah. self inflicted adD when we're on call and You may be in the middle of fixing one thing, and you've got the pager going off over two more.
2: Yeah, and, you know, and a lot of it is outside of one's control, so, you know, you just have to, uh, you know, in cases like that, especially we're lucky because we have somebody backing us up, uh, or multiple people backing us up, in fact, so, you know, uh, you have to learn the art of delegation uh, if things get to be too much and you can't get things fixed rapidly enough.
0: And knowing when to, to ask for help, that is a... Yeah. And that's a big problem in our field, I think, in general. Mm-hmm. Often people in our role don't ask for help because we are expected to know it, to be able to handle it, and if we can't, especially if you're male, it's a sign of weakness, and perhaps then maybe you aren't as good as they hired you to be, and you don't want to look like that, when in fact the opposite is true.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of, I think, a, a kind of a general perception... Or, or a lot of people in our field do have that idea. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, uh, you know, I have had that idea for a long, long time myself, and it took me a, a long time, especially after coming to work uh, with you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. d- it took me a while to actually overcome that because in mm-hmm. most of the places where I've worked before, that was actually true. Right. Um, you know, you were, and, and but, the, it, you know, it, it was a different corporate culture. Mm-hmm. Um so in, in previous workplaces, and I'm not going to go um, stand on that soapbox right now <laughs> because that's completely off topic. Um, but, you know, so, yeah, knowing when to ask for help, uh, not necessarily delegate, but ask for help. Hey, you know, I've got things piling up. Can you help me out with this? And and being specific in asking for help, not just saying, hey, I need help. You know, uh,
0: is there anyone free to no, call out specific people yeah. on the team? yeah.
2: Starting with the backup, and then maybe other mm-hmm. people, but call out specific—you know—calling out specific people on the team and asking to help with specific issues or tickets or whatever uh, tends to help a great deal. Um, so, uh, you know, and that's just on the days where basically being on call and you can expect to be distracted. Uh, so, one thing I make a point of not doing is scheduling anything on my calendar for those days uh, because I know that those days are basically completely interrupt driven. And even after the six hours of being on call for that day, the rest of the day is basically finishing up the stuff. Cleaning up earlier. So, you know, it's like the whole day is gone. Um, no meetings, no scheduled task work or anything like that. Um, uh, and another thing along the whole line of time management and, Sorry about pumping the microphone. And, no, no, that's and, fine. That's fine. And task management and planning and prioritizing and all of that is um, is accurately understanding and communicating uh, the workload capabilities.
0: Yes, which and, is also something people in our roles in our industry have a real hard time doing.
2: And I still, some to some degree, <laughs> have a hard time doing. That is, I think, the biggest challenge I found with. Uh, with uh with managing my my productivity is is uh i have a tendency you know i want to help i want to help i want to fix things right. i want to do things i want to contribute a lot so i f- find myself at times and i really have to you know consciously keep my mind <laughs> on and, and watch out for this is is over committing and then not delivering right and um you know and again i think it's 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 Kind of a geek culture thing where, you know, you want to show your capabilities by committing to all of this stuff. But in the end, if you overcommit and you don't deliver, you're doing quite the opposite. It's an alpha geek thing. Yeah, totally. And most geeks are alpha in their own way. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) And we covered a lot of this, so we're probably not going to have to rehash much. But what habits or systems are important to you? And I think you covered that certainly with, with scheduling things on the calendar.
2: Yeah. Scheduling things on the calendar um, are, I would say, that's one of the most critical aspects of uh, keeping myself productive and also uh, not overcommitting, <laughs> uh, which, like I said, is, is still a bit of a challenge. Um, but um, another thing that I think is very important um, Is getting enough rest.
0: Oh, I think we're all bad at that. I know, I'm horrible
2: at it. You know, um, not getting enough rest, especially over extended periods of time where you have these Mm -hmm. major projects going on and all these deliverables, and then you have your days of being on call, which are completely interrupt driven and are completely non productive from a project standpoint. Um, You find yourself working longer hours, not eating Mm -hmm. very well, Mm -hmm. sleeping less. And then all of a sudden, you're burnt out. Mm -hmm. And then you start making mistakes. And uh, then, I guess to phrase it as uh, from the alpha geek perspective, (laughs) you're showing your weaknesses. (laughs) Um, So, you know, getting enough rest as as one goes along is actually probably the most important thing. You know, taking the time to rest. And even during the workday, you know, if you find yourself getting tired, you find yourself starting to make, the straight, uh, make mistakes or not being able to focus properly on what you're working on, um, well, not proper English there, but anyway, not being able to focus properly on that, what you're working, um, you know, take a break, step away for a little bit, yep. go for a walk, get some fresh air, uh, you know. Maybe, you know, take five minutes and do a puzzle or something just to kind of take your mind off of all of this. And then uh, I find I actually do a lot of my best work when I'm taking a break because when I come back or when I'm sleeping, Mm -hmm. when I can't come back to the task at hand or the problem at hand or I wake up in the morning after having worked on a problem the previous day and not being able to solve it, a lot of times I'll have the solution or Mm -hmm. at least have a very critical part of the solution or a key to the solution or an idea that will lead to a resolution or solution. So um, that, you know, above all else, is probably the most important thing.
0: Okay. What would you say the biggest help or piece of advice you've received is?
2: Take time off and rest. (laughs) 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 Coming from a manager. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's fair.
0: And sometimes managers are so driven they don't are are under such pressure that they can't give that advice and so or or they're
2: unwilling to uh, or they don't it doesn't even occur to them to give that advice so you know anybody who receives such advice from their manager i think should consider themselves a lucky person to actually have a manager who's smart enough to recognize that yes and i'm not even talking about kindness right um I mean, it can be perceived as kind, but in reality, the manager is not doing his job if he doesn't help you do your job, right? Right. Uh, If you're making mistakes because you're burnt out, um, you're not doing, you're not being effective in your job, Uh, and therefore, your manager is... You know, effectively, a manager is responsible for their direct reports. So if their direct reports aren't doing their job very effectively, then the manager looks bad. So yeah. you yeah. know, even a purely selfish manager would be smart to give such advice.
0: Uh, I cannot argue with that. <laughs> and I want to have our manager on the show because I'm, he's one of those managers who's like, dude, walk away, take a deep breath, get a little rest, come back to it. Yeah. he knows when we're hitting that wall yeah. and when we need to take that break
2: a few months ago I hit that wall and, and he's the one who told me that yeah and so I took a week off I came back completely refreshed and uh, basically I was back on top of the world so to speak you know I was back to being very effective and, yeah. and getting things done and de- getting things done right the first time as mm-hmm. po- you know so uh, yeah <laughs> a very recent experience yeah
0: How do you reward yourself for successes? Uh, And it can be big things, it can be little things. I had people who are like, yes, I save up for this one... You know, I I, want to do this and then I have the time to play this one big video game. I have people... Ursula, bless her heart, is... I have checked something off my list, can I get a gold sticker now? I had to buy a pack of gold stickers to reward her uh, when we were working through task lists in an early episode of doing a good job. And that was just the dopamine hit she needed. Peggy, oh Peggy, had um, some, again, video games had a, uh, also had a, a slightly more personal and visceral activity that she undertook as a reward for a job well done occasionally, which we will not get into because I don't know. This is much more a family-oriented interview
2: than, (laughs) than, you know. Well, uh, I guess I'll reward myself by, yeah, sometimes I'll play one of my favorite video games. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm... I'm not a huge gamer anymore I don't buy the latest and greatest games I have basically you know a couple of old gaming systems And some old games on my computer uh, Some of which I enjoy very much And mm-hmm. I've played over and over and over again I still am kind of sick of them Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. That's one way Another thing another way is Sometimes I will uh, Just you know go out for a nice dinner With my wife and spend mm-hmm. some time with her um, Or uh, Sometimes I'll actually just spend some time tinkering in my own network and doing something I've been wanting to play with yeah. for a while. Uh, even though I do it for a living, I, I I love what I do, and so I also do it as a hobby. Um, so uh, that, you know, I may be working on some big, tough technical problem at work and overcome it and be all, yippee-yay, and then then I'll turn around and be now... I'm going to do this thing on my own network and play with it because, you know, this other thing that I've been wanting to do for a while, you know, take 15 or 20 minutes and and, and just, you know, play a little bit. Um, or I may do that later. Uh, but either way, you know, I'll set aside some time to... To be able to do... To, to be able to do something that I personally want to do that just makes me feel good doing.
0: I took a weekend with a Dremel tool and when we were visiting our manager, right, he his wife had that Sega Genesis-shaped USB hub.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: It My reward for I, hitting one of our milestones was I took the time that I'd been... Oh, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. I said, you know what, screw it. Took it apart, installed a Pi Zero, installed RetroPie, the retro gaming emulator for Raspberry Pis, closed it back up with a video out, had the whole thing wired, so now... It's a Sega Genesis USB hub that is, you can play Sega Genesis games on. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's, I'm a technical person. I work with Linux all day for fun. I've got this Linux distribution, I'm wedging it. That was my reward. And the fact that I can now play Echo the Dolphin again after not being able to play for 20 years, I want to say, on the original platform, as it were. Mm hmm. That's a pretty big reward, or there was one game for Sega that never made it to mobile or any of the translations or any of that, and I'm like, oh look, they have the ROM, I can now play this one game on this Raspberry Pi project that I never finished, shoot, 30, no, not 30 years, 25 years ago, and mm-hmm. it, it, that's the, you know, that, that yeah. sort of reward is still you know, I've made, I did a really good job so now I can play this thing or work on this side project so no, yeah. I, I appreciate yeah. that one yeah
2: I've got, a, I've got a couple of reward projects kind of queued up um, so one of them is Raspberry Pi related and it's mm-hmm. basically connecting, and, and this is going to sound really, really weird um, connecting my Raspberry Pi to the serial port on my septic system so I can gather statistics and monitor my septic system that's brilliant. brilliant. I mean, and put all that stuff into it. Yeah,
0: you're 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 like me. You're on a septic field, so if something goes wrong with the tank or and we've whatever, we've got one of those you know in-
2: high end active septic systems. And one day when uh, I had to replace the piezo buzzer in it, I opened it up and I'm like, look at that, DB nine.
0: Look at all the stuff I can get out of that.
2: Oh. I'm going to go buy a pie. <laughs> so no. and, and and you know, I, I, I so I got the pie and I got the serial adapter and I got all the links to the vendor's website and and all of that stuff, including the uh, default uh, admin user and password, which <laughs> I'm sure is probably still set on the system. Oh, I'm sure. Since you know, septic people are typically not sysadmins. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I have all that stuff sitting there waiting for the time when I actually can or will take the time to put it together and, and get this monitoring into place. And I've already got, you know, that's... I've already got database uh, containers running on my network and all that stuff. So I to just create a new schema, throw it in there, and bam, done. And, um,
0: the... As someone who had their septic pump fail and have the little I'm overflowing alarm go off and have to deal with all that mess, that's brilliant, right? Yeah you know the the idea that you can do your own project of of gathering this data and be able to alert on it alert on it
2: oh yeah it's it's totally going to go right into nagios monitoring
0: oh nagios in
2: alerting you know <laughs> i mean and granted i don't have a pagerduty account for personal stuff or anything like that but <laughs> an email to my personal email will be sufficient for that purpose
0: don't think I haven't thought about building a personal PagerDuty account for some of these
2: projects for myself.
0: But then I'll be on vacation. And I'm like, oh great, one of my machines stopped and now it's paging me. Why did I bother?
2: Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't want to be paged when I'm actually not interested in being paged. So, uh, and I don't want to have to take the time to disable alerting or, or stash monitors or anything like <laughs> yeah, that, that, that when I'm going yeah. on vacation. Not for personal stuff. You know, there's there are limits. Um, That's fair. Yeah, the, the other one uh, that I have queued up is um, about a year and a half ago, I got a really smoking deal on uh, a Juniper SSG firewall Ooh. that I want to use as my core firewall in my network.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: however, it is way too loud. Yeah. And I can't hear anything when I have it <laughs> powered on. So, uh, you know, I got a couple of 120 millimeter fans. hmm um, and so I just want to do a little hardware hack and basically disable the small fan, you know, the small one You noisy fans. Oh, those and, are horrible. You know, uh, do some uh, carving or cutting out on the uh, top lid of it and mounting those fans and connecting them and everything and then just giving it enough airspace in my rack to blow the hot air out so then it can run silently like the rest of my network does.
0: Yeah, for those who... Won't have seen this behind Bill. We do video conferencing a lot at work, and behind Bill, it looks like a data center. And this is in your basement. In yeah, your it's, off- it's yeah. in my basement. Your offices, office yes. yeah. And it's just astounding to look, and it looks like he's in a data center. And we're like, there is no way. The first time this happened, I was sort of like, there is no way he has those racks in his. And you're like, oh yeah, this is my network, and here's my test environment. And we're just like, dude. You have the space for that. I don't have the space for that.
2: Uh, one of the benefits of living in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. I
0: <laughs> was in the middle of nowhere, but somewhere came to me, as it were. This is the hard question, sometimes the telling one, and everybody has different answers. What do you do when you fail?
2: Um, I try to learn from it. Um which I know is probably a pretty common stock answer. Um, I, that was another one of those things where I kind of had to do a lot of self-analysis and Mm -hmm. thought over the years uh, because I used to um, be in a kind of a psychological uh, frame of mind where when I failed at something, I would kind of beat myself up. Which would put me in a more negative frame of mind, mm-hmm. and then I would beat myself up about that. It was just like a complete vicious circle and downward spiral.
0: Uh, Preaching so, to the choir, yeah. Yeah,
2: so I. It actually took me several years of thinking about things as I was drifting off to sleep and hoping I would dream about them too, uh, <laughs> to be able to work through all of this in my own psyche. Uh, to where, you know, I had to teach myself how to accept failure and realize that it's just part of life, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how good you are at anything or everything that you do, no matter how accomplished you are, no matter how experienced you are, no matter how mature you are or immature you are, no matter how much you drink or how little you drink or how what you think or read or surf the internet or watch TV or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. no matter how much of, or how little of anything anywhere, the fact is, failure is a part of life. Right. And it took me a really long time and a lot of thought to come to that. And yeah,
0: there's a there's a reason, Carrie. Oh, <laughs> one of the one of the uh, bywords that I always use here, and you, you know I'm a big fan of the comic schlock mercenary. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I showed you, I gave you one of the uh, "Not My Monkeys, Not My Circus" challenge coins that yes. Howard produced. The newest coin is for Maxim seventy, and this is the one. This is the other one I carry around with me from Schlock, and this is the one that I keep. I try to keep in mind. And shit, there's a lamp right here. Why am I not using that?
2: There we go. One, two.
0: Hey, look, light.
2: It's kind of a lamp.
0: Yeah. Um, maximum 70 Failure is not an option It's mandatory The option is whether or not you, To let failure be the last thing you do Yeah Right And that is the That that has been one of the Things I've tried to impress Into my own Psyche And One of the things I talk about a lot The reason this question is here Is Yeah the light is now flickering on us <laughs> Is because often how we treat when we miss that deadline or when we're the reason the network's out not that that ever happened to either of us at this job <laughs> 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 that, uh, um, but it's, it's, uh, it's sometimes telling about how, you, how people handle I also have been fond of that destructive cycle of god I screwed up And I'm beating myself up for screwing up, which is screwing up, which I think, you know, and to the point where I actually broke myself to the, I'm on antidepressants. I'm open about the fact that I'm on antidepressants. I love my antidepressants. There are some better living through chemistry that I am all for. I'm not so much on some of the other things, but that little particular brain hack, because I understand now how I'm wired, is important to me to be able to keep my... Self from falling into that trap Not they're not for everybody and in a lot of ways I'm using it to prop up or reinforce the same thing you're going through and that is that okay I don't need to keep beating myself up about this it's just I'm wired in a way that I literally can't do that and the pill is like
2: stop that <laughs> yeah, and I mean basically the trap that I fell into uh, wasn't antidepressants it was alcohol ah, you know so which uh, is sort
0: of the opposite that's a depressant so, it's, yeah. a, it's a
2: depressant you know mm-hmm. which and, and so I you know basically for uh, and I won't go into the trigger that actually caused all of this mm-hmm. but you know I spent a good four years as a really hardcore lush yeah. and um, and then one day I just stopped, mm-hmm. and um, that was when I actually saw that there was light at the end of the tunnel, and that my life uh, had the potential to improve a lot mm-hmm. and so I just decided, you know what i'm done yeah i'm done with this, mm-hmm. and you know I'm, and, and now I need to think a lot about why it happened. Mm-hmm and why it kept going on for so long so, and what you know and that's when i kind of worked through the whole vicious circle mm-hmm. and downward spiral thing and you know, what was the real trigger and the real psychological cause of all of that? And, of course, I'm not oh. going to sit here and uh, analyze, psychoanalyze myself. Hash
0: through all that. yeah, and it's, it's through all not, of that. Yeah.
2: But, but, you know, basically the end result was, okay, I recognize that this happened. I recognized mm-hmm. how it happened and why it happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm doing something about it, which is a very positive step in the right direction. Yep. Now i got to think about ways to prevent this from happening in the future. Mm-hmm. And, um, effectively, one of the ways that I... Uh, deal with that now or prevent that from happening is i make a really conscious effort to keep myself being the eternal optimist that i used to be a long (laughs) long time ago yeah almost almost to the almost to a fault um so and every now and again i still kind of find myself slipping. you know Mm -hmm. when i when i make a mistake or i fail uh or when i had burned out and i you know mm-hmm. made a, a series of mistakes that uh, really caused some issues you know I was like getting all paranoid about it and, oh yeah and and, and starting to beat myself up and I think I even mentioned something to you at mm-hmm. that point you know and started asking oh no what's going to happen to me you know and um but I got over it yeah and I realized that it really wasn't that bad, and it was just yet another learning experience, and mm-hmm. it was something that I needed to prevent myself from going down that road again. And uh, I mean, not to the point of alcoholism, but, right, right? But just even the beating myself up cycle, which leads to more beating up of myself and all of that. So, um, oh yeah. So now it's you know it's, and I know it's very cliche, but like the power of positive thinking sort mm-hmm. of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, when I find myself uh, starting to think. Uh, negative thoughts or pessimistic thoughts or anything like that. I try to Mm -hmm. counter them with more thoughts that are more positive, you know. Uh, For example, on days when I'm on call. Yep. First thing I say to myself every Friday morning when (laughs) I know I'm on call, when I get up to bed, is I say, today is a quiet day on on call. And I (laughs) repeat that about a dozen times before I'm even out of my bed. And, um... I'm not sure if it works, but I kind of think it does sometimes. But or, other times, I don't think it does. At
0: least you're thinking in terms. You're not thinking, "Oh God, it's going to be a blasted hellscape," and I'm going to have six servers to f- fall down on me. Well, you know, which is so, my thought process yeah. on
2: those days. Yeah, you know, and so, but I, I, I try to keep it positive, and then even when something bad happens, I'm going into it in a more positive frame mm-hmm. of mind. So I'm actually better able to focus on it and, yeah. and, and resolve the issues as opposed to. Uh, going into a cycle of uh, being myself up or feeling bad because it 's a crappy day or anything like that, yeah, so um you know it's like i said i don 't know if that actually works from a mind over matter or, <laughs> or a mind over server or a mind over network perspective, probably not i don 't know. Uh, know but uh you know who knows uh, there 's no real science on that, but um Maybe there is, uh, but well,
0: no, because I I will say that it can be the quietest day imaginable in the moment. No, it doesn't seem to matter. It can be the quietest week imaginable, and everything goes wrong on Thursday.
2: Thursdays do seem to be kind of a bad
0: day. right, which is when our manager happens to be on call, and he and we were all like, "No, dude, it's just you. You have really bad luck." Until <laughs> one of the other guys was filling in for him. I think it was last Thursday, and last Thursday yeah. it yeah. went. Everything Spe- went sideways. Spectacularly pear-shaped. Twice. And when our manager got back, he was, see, I told him. I told him. You know it because you're my... Ba-. Normally, I'm his backup on Thursdays. And we always, almost always, something crashes in the middle or, or there's a, a, an outage or something... And for those who may be customers that are listening, you may never see these outages. They may be internal systems. Oftentimes they are, and our systems are redundant enough that you don't know they happened. But they will happen, like the first one of the day that's going to be a really big pain in the butt usually happens during our one-on-one. Of course. Which is, so at this point, he's like, it's not just me, it's Thursdays. Maybe Fridays are lighter, maybe not. I don't know, but there is a lot to be said for going in with the, it's going to be a good day, it's going to be, Mm -hmm. there's nothing I can't handle, it's going to be reasonably quiet, versus mine constantly sitting on edge, waiting for the next one, waiting for the big explosion, and... When it doesn't happen, I'm really happy. And when it does happen, I'm at least not disappointed that (laughs) I was in the middle of something and got interrupted. Well, I guess there's
2: kind of something to be said for that. But, yeah, I I, like I said, I don't plan anything for those days, like meetings or any uh, tasks. So uh, in anticipation of the potential of things going Mm -hmm. wrong. But I do wake up in the morning and I do repeat to myself over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's a quiet day. Not it's going to be a quiet day, but it it is a quiet day in the present Mm -hmm. tense. And, um, you know, so at the very least, I'm in a more calm,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: ready mindset to be able to handle things. And You know, it's a psychological thing for me. Don't know mm-hmm. if it'll work for other people or if it does work for other people. Uh, I'd be kind of interested to know. But... Um, <laughs> You know, it's, it's, at least for me, it's, it's a way to psychologically prepare myself. And, and I do that for many, many things in life, not just work-related things, not just days where I'm on call. But, you know, even, even driving into Washington, D.C. early this morning, you know, I was like, oh, man. traffic is great. Traffic is great as I'm hitting the brakes. Mm-hmm. Traffic is great as I'm hitting the brakes, you know. And then all of a sudden, traffic was great.
0: Yeah, I just looked at it and said, traffic is likely to be great if I wait an extra hour. That seemed to work, too. But I came up yesterday afternoon after rush hour, whereas you were coming in this morning at
2: rush hour. Well, I I, I tried to time it to be slightly before rush hour, and as it turns out, I kind of did. Yeah, kind of sort of did. Uh, But I also, having grown up and lived most of my life in the D.C. area, I also know different back back roads Mm -hmm. and alternate routes to get by the traffic choke points. So, um, you know, it's like, oh, traffic's backing up here, I'll just take this next exit, mm-hmm. and boogie on around this way, and then I'll get back on over here, and then down yeah. this road, you know.
0: You're you're not doing what I was doing, which was hoping Google Maps told me to turn in time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, once I get into Washington, D.C. proper, I don't really know my way around.
0: All bets about. are off. So right? then
2: it's like, you know, okay, Google Maps, take me to the hotel, and mm-hmm. uh, hope for this, and it's like, oh, well, you know, if you... Go if you turn at the next left, which of course I was in the right lane. Of course, it'll save you one minute. And I'm like, I think I'll just stick with the original yeah. route and take the extra minute. And, yeah, and, and you know, safety first sort of thing. Especially with drivers in Washington D.C. For those of you who are not familiar with this area, um, it's an adventure. Yeah, uh, there's Mr. Positive Kevin speaking.
0: I uh, I was um. I was originally planning on taking the train and not driving to specifically avoid that situation. We, we talked about that, actually, on the last last week's episode that I recorded before I left on this trip. So all the regular listeners know how I feel about driving in strange cities and then ended up doing it anyway. But
2: And Washington, D.C. is definitely a strange city.
0: Not as strange as Seattle. I'll show I'll show you the infographic we talked about on the the last show. Well, you the, know, the intersections of of Seattle that looks like Viking runes.
2: Well, the, the you know the the one thing about Washington D.C. and I don't think I've ever seen this kind of city plan anywhere else in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, or in Europe for that matter is it's basically a grid system superimposed on a hub-and-spoke system. Mm-hmm. And that really it, screws things up. It was They're very... like, we're going to take the worst of both systems and put them together.
0: When And now we're really going on a tangent.
2: Yeah, I, I actually <laughs>
0: read about this, I want to say, in high school history. And when the city was designed in the eight, early 1800s, I guess it was,
2: uh, late seventeen
0: hundreds, late seventeen hundreds, early eighteen hundreds. Lafayette. It was deliberate. It was del- when they. It was m- a defense thing, yes. When they made this the seat of the government.
2: Yeah, the seat of so, power.
0: So yeah. yeah, everything. Yeah, all the all the, the 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 circles all lead basically. If you follow them to the center, they all go down to the mall and the White House and Congress and all of that. So yeah, there was a defensible thing about it. But now, in the age of automobiles it's insane and it's crazy and it's so hard to work with when it was horses and buggies different story altogether so yeah.
2: yeah or even just horses uh, yeah so yeah i mean it's you know and yeah we're still on this tangent but it's <laughs> it's it's a very interesting thing and you know they play mm-hmm. pay, they pay great homage to uh, lafayette who designed mm-hmm. the city um and for those purposes at that time, I'm sure it was great, and it's but it's not something that can be changed to adapt to modern times. No. So we just have to deal with it and think very positive thoughts. Like, traffic in Washington, D.C. is great today. Yes,
0: or I should plan better next time and drop my car yes. off at a parking lot or. outside the city and take the metro in.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my decision to drive in this morning wasn't a failure. It was a learning <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> See, I brought it back to the whole failure. thing. There you thing.
0: go. There you go. So... And on that note, thank you, Bill. Oh, my pleasure. Um, We issue open badges as part of the podcast, so people who listen can sign on to the website and claim episode-level badges. Mm -hmm. And I'll have a special badge for people who are interviewed. And I will give you that code after we sign off of this. But uh, that's part of the thank you package. The thank you package. And it's really funny how those badges drive engagement. I'll I'll show you all that in a bit. But thank you very much. I'm going to do the handshake over the radio where no one can see it, but who cares? Um, That's it for this interview, and we'll talk to you guys later. And we're back I really, really enjoyed interviewing Bill I've worked with him now for, uh, I guess, almost two years And it's always an interesting experience Because you think, oftentimes, looking at Bill Former military, former army He's going to be uptight Very formal, whatever And he's almost the opposite which is very funny. <laughs> so I'm really glad he was accepting of taking the time to do this interview. And I hope you folks at home got a lot of value out of it. I know I certainly did having the chance to talk to him. And then afterwards we went outside and I had my e-cigarette and he had a cigarette. And we just kept talking about life and stuff. So it was really, it was a really good Experience, I think. Excellent. So our badge code for this week. What should we call our badge code this week?
1: Cult fail.
0: Cult fail. I like that one. I like that one. Cult fail. Okay. Cult fail. You got that, folks? Cult fail.
1: C-U-L-T-F-A-I-L.
0: Right. And your assignment for next week? Uh, Try to succeed at joining a cult. Something like that, Or at least the
1: bullet cult.
0: We're probably going to have a letters episode later this week because again i'm in seattle so we won't be able to record on like our tuesday or wednesday night like normal so i'm not going to i'm going to give you two weeks all right two okay. weeks
1: two weeks of
0: otherwise it'll be like four days
1: Make work. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's fine
0: it'll be fine Remember to check out the badges on our website. This is Pre- why
1: people make them pretty. They can't think of anything to write.
0: Quite possibly. Or they're putting off doing the things that need to be done by saying, I have to make my journal pretty today.
1: No, I, see, that's what I thought it was. But no, no, I'm looking at it going, they're just bored senseless. So they're drawing, you know, chickens or something. I'm going to draw a chicken.
0: This is true. The people the people, who I know who bullet journal a lot because they have a lot of tasks are significantly less fancy than the people who don't seem to have as many tasks to bullet journal about
1: and i would like to say by the way that while i perceive myself as an extremely lazy individual and in fact sleep like you know 12 hours a day if i can get it
0: you make the the hours you're awake count
1: Monday you told me that me having to take naps was the only thing saving the world.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Just drawing five hamsters, done two book cover designs was that... and I and, know I,
0: I had said, if you uh, slept uh, any more, you would be hibernating.
1: Yes, that was on Twitter. But That yes. was on Twitter, okay, yes, yes. Yes, but then I was like, okay, I've written 2,600 words, sent out a thing on submission, edited this thing, drawn five hamsters, and done two book covers. And you were like, thank God you nap.
0: <laughs> kind yeah. yeah, of, so. yeah. If I could be half as productive as you in twice the time, I would be very happy. Yeah. So... There's all of that. As I was saying...
1: It's just, it's not the sort of thing I write on a bullet thing.
0: That's fair. Yeah. Check us out, productivityalchemy.com. You can sign up to get episode badges and a couple others. You can also see the past episodes. You can check out our other podcasts. If you are so inclined to the drunken, swearing shenanigans that is two adults eating really, really bad food...
1: Bad prepackaged food. Bad prepackaged which food. Which we review.
0: Which we do. There's Kevin and Ursula eat cheap. K u e c dot libsyn dot com. We also have a short fiction podcast, The Hidden Almanac, at hiddenalmanac.com. About five minutes every Monday, Wednesday, thir- or Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Thinking about the days we record. We record Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, so that we have Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes. Yep. The website for this is, of course, productivityalchemy and. I think we're going to figure out some Patreon stuff once I get back from Seattle and we're not in the every other week one of us is on the road to somewhere mode.
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to being home for a while. You
0: and me both. I have both. to
1: leave Friday for Charlotte.
0: Yes. Oh, also, for those of you in either the Raleigh-Durham area or who are coming in for it, Vicky Sue of Habitica and myself will be talking about using Habitica for open source productivity at the All Things Open Tech Conference later in October. I'm really excited, and that's the big interview with Vicky and all the Habitica talk that we're building up to. I'm so excited about being able to do it and present with her, but I can't give any of the talk until after I've presented it there because they're very, has this talk been given anywhere else before, and I don't want to get in trouble with them.
1: You should uh, uh, that same weekend our friends Jeff and Dale of Soulful for coming down, who are both oh organized people. you should interview both absolutely of them. plan
0: on interviewing both of them while yeah. I have the opportunity. Yeah. So that is it for this week. Uh, everybody, be productive, and we will talk to you next time.
1: That wasn't a bad tagline.
0: I'm working on it. Yeah, I'm working on it.